Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. This is the Ramsey Show. It's where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life, specifically your money, your relationships, your mental health, your work. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my colleague, Dr. John Deloney. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's go to Craig in Indianapolis, Indiana. Craig, how can we help? Hey, Ken, John. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, just a little background. 2005, we got hooked up with the Ramsey Baby Steps and went through the process, and we're now uh, in Baby Step 7 and uh, Baby Steps Millionaires. Way to go! And, nice. But here's a couple months back, I got terminated from a job of 26 years on a policy violation, and going forward, I want to know how to broach that subject in an interview because i know the question can be asked how did you leave your last job ah what was the um, what what are you comfortable sharing on this policy violation i think it will help well, my it advice was a, it was i was i think it was misapplied but it was a racial discrimination and it was i just, it was definitely misapplied and but i had no recourse indiana's a right to work state so you can get fired for any reason um so Okay. When I go to the next interview, how do I, when they ask that question, I want to be up front, but how do I do that without laying myself out? I will tell you that there are very few questions that truly stump me, and, and for the moment I'm stumped in that this is such a red flag for obvious reasons. Uh, yes. Certainly you understand. Um, you, you, you do need to be up front. Um, but you're, but you know, it sounds to me like, okay, so let me go back before I tell you what I think you should say. You're telling me that, um, it's your word versus their word. They're saying you violated right. something and you're saying I did not do it. Are you, are you basically was saying this was a misunderstanding? Yeah. No, it wasn't a misunderstanding. The company got hit with a fairly significant case a couple of years back and they are just hypersensitive to this stuff and it doesn't take and it literally took almost nothing to trigger this right but and, and i don't want you to share what you said because i don't want to be insensitive to anybody but was this something you said or something you did i was something that was posted you and posted something to, on your uh social media yeah it was well it was a group chat and i posted something and it was taken the wrong way. I didn't even in, you know, imply it to be the way it was. One person took it, and that's how it. Okay, let me ask you this: If you're in a job interview in the near future, and uh, would you feel comfortable showing what you posted to anybody from any walk yeah, of life? Absolutely. You would. You would, have, you would. You would push it across I, the table. Previous coworkers say what because they're being real quiet about it. And I've had previous coworkers ask me, well, what happened? We don't understand why, why you're gone. So, and I show them, they're like, they shake their head. They just are in disbelief that I was terminated over that. Well, then part of me says that, you know, because if you start getting too gray about this, they're going to check your references. You have to assume that, that they're going to yep. check your references. And so what and you don't my wanna... references are stellar. I mean, even my supervisors and everything will give me a 
the utmost highly rec- high recommendation. Okay, wait a second. I know you're chomping at the bit, but but let me let me ask you this: if if you go interview for a company ABC, all right, right, and they call your past company where you were terminated, you're telling right. me that the people who terminated you are going to say great things about you, and they're going to say manage management terminated me, not my direct supervisor. Okay. But my point is, is that you're going to have to plan for this. So I don't want to get cute. I don't want to try to describe or coach you on some sort of dance. I I think you're going to have to deal with this. So I think you're going to have to have your post and I'd print it out and I would say, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. And I've learned now, here's the deal. I would show them the post. And then I would also say, here's what I've learned. Even if you stand by what you posted, even if you think that you were wrongly terminated or that you were misunderstood or somebody was too sensitive, it doesn't matter. I would go, here's what I posted. Here it is. Here's who I am. Here's what I learned. And I would just own it and say, but for 26 years, I had a stellar performance, and then I would just focus on the positives why you want to be there. I just don't – John, am I missing anything? Yeah, here's the one thing, Craig, that's bothering me is – you're, you have a very victim-centric mentality. Okay? How so? Well, I, I don't even know. I just... And even if that... You said it best, kid. Even if that's how it happened, it comes across as manipulative and disingenuous. Okay. And so... I, I love Ken's idea. Uh, when you go for an interview, you should have a, a padfolio of some sort. Put it, Print it off and put it in there. And if you get down that granular, then have the conversation. And I love what Ken said. If you didn't learn something from the exchange, if you didn't learn, hey, I hurt somebody's feelings and I didn't, I didn't even mean to. Mm-hmm. I'm learning new things, which, by the way, I have done over the past 36 months. And I learn new things. Even if I think I didn't mean to hurt you, it doesn't matter what I meant. The person on the other end of what I said said, hey, that hurt. Please don't do that. And I can do one of two things. Be an idiot and go, I'm going to say Or I can say, dude, I don't want to hurt you. I'm sorry. I'm going to change that. And so you walking away saying, what did you learn? I learned that um, things that I think are private on the internet are public. And so I'm going to be more responsible about what I post. I'm going to have some friends that I reach out to if I hurt their feelings and say, hey, did I say this the right way or the wrong way? Like, Right? So regardless of what happened, it's the, well, I don't know, just management. Man, take some ownership. Right? Okay. I posted something. I got fired for Absolutely. it. I learned my lesson, and I'm moving yeah. forward. I'm a good guy. I got 26 years of track record. I have no, in absolutely nothing in my body wants to hurt other people. And I did. I crossed a line. My company said I crossed a line. I didn't think I did, but I did. And I've learned my lesson. Like You see what I'm saying? That is ownership. I'm taking this. I'm, I'm right. sliding across the table. Totally different absolutely. than I, yeah. all shooks, man. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. It, it's a hold it's your a head up high. Yeah, so see, here's what we're doing. We're saying take the elephant out of the room. Absolutely. You start acting like a politician, you know, on those Sunday morning shows. They ask him a direct question. Is the sun hot? And then they start going, well, it depends on well, the position. This guy talks about rain it, all the time. Like, I yeah, thought I asked you. So I didn't ask you that. So I would just completely own it that way. And, uh, John, I love the advice. There's something to be learned. Oh, and I love, the, I love what you said. Don't take on the role of victim. No. Because you're trying to present yourself as a great candidate. And here's what they really care about. They're, they only want to know one thing. And only one thing, Craig. You ready? Can Craig help us win? Yep. And if they think that Craig can help us win, they'll go, you're hired. This is a guy that messed up and learned something. This is a guy that 
that uh, somebody messed him over, and he still learned something. Yeah. That's the guy I want on my team. You're fine, Craig. No shame in your game. Head high. But take humility into the conversation. It's going to be okay. Thank you for uh, trusting us with the call. You're going to be okay. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back, America. You have joined the conversation here on The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by Dr. John Deloney, taking your phone calls about money, your relationships, work situations. How do I get unstuck, whether it's relationally, financially, or professionally? That's what we're here to help you with. The phone number is 888-825-5225, Let's go to Buffalo, New York. Adam is there. Adam, how can we help? Hey, guys. How are you doing here today? Uh, we're having a blast. How are you, sir? Not too bad. A little stressed, so I'm hoping you guys can help me out here. All right. Um, just to give you a little bit of background here. So uh, earlier this week, my, my mother came to me and asked me to help her with her finances, doing a monthly budget, and getting things in order as well, too. Um, going over some general information with her, I found out that they have about sixty-five k in debt but they're also looking to retire in the next three to five years. Um, and I told them to go to a financial advisor. Uh, they're a little untrusting of people outside the family when it comes to money. So I'm just looking for some information, something that I can relay back to them as far as how to kind of get out of this debt before they go look in to get into retirement. Sure. How familiar are you with our baby steps? Uh, very familiar. I'm actually following them myself right now. Great. Are they familiar with Dave and, and the Ramsey Show and financial peace and or any of this stuff, or is this all foreign to them? Uh, kind of. I brought that up to to her when we initially talked, and I found out all this found out all this information. So it's relatively new to them. Okay. Give us a quick snapshot of their financial picture. How um uh, you said sixty five thousand in debt. How much do they make collectively? Uh. Collectively, uh, a year, probably 100K. So 100K. And do they have 401Ks, pension plans? What, what, what do they currently have in the form of retirement accounts? Yep. In retirement accounts, they probably have around 400K, uh, 400K in their 401Ks. Uh, and then with pensions combined, when they do retire, they'll probably be making 2100 um, 2100 a month with okay. uh, their pensions. And what's their housing situation? Uh, the house is paid off for, but they do have a home equity loan that the 65k is tied up in right now. Okay, and then what is the rest of the 65k? Home equity loan. What else? Home equity loan. Uh, with the home equity loan, they put um, a couple. I believe like five, ten years ago, they redid their kitchen, uh, which is probably I believe around between 30 to 50k. I don't have that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Number. So, so the 65 is just the HELOC. There's nothing Correct. outside of yes. that. Correct. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, I mean, what you got to sit down with them, and and you got to sit down and explain the the baby steps to them, right? I mean, just literally walk mm -hmm. them through this. Baby step one is the thousand uh, dollars in their savings account, and then everything else. And they're they're obviously older, so gazelle intensity to go. We're paying off the HELOC. 
right? Everything is it's one sixty-five thousand dollar snowball we're getting after, right? And so we just got to take that on every month. And they've got you know X amount of years that they want to uh, retire, and so that paid for home plus their four hundred one k. Uh, and the pension all puts them in a pretty decent space if they have no debt and they were to knock that out quickly and start investing as quickly as possible. Would you say that's true as their son? Yes, definitely. And what I'm wondering is, is do they stop investing in their 401k and basically the money that they're putting into the 401k invest that into the, into the debt yes. and once they knock that off? Absolutely. Yeah, they okay. pause. They pause on that because they have a paid for house, right? And they've got a pension coming their way. So pause everything, and they are knocking this out and walk them through this. Help them with the budget. If if they're willing, and I don't hear that there's any tension on this, sit down with them and do a basic budget with them. Walk them through FPU and get them hooked up on every dollar. Literally do it with them and get them automated to where every extra dime is going into that HELOC, and they'll knock that out pretty quickly. And if if either one of them can get some overtime or some side work, or how much could you sell? Do they have 10, 15 grand of stuff laying around the house? I mean, that's the gazelle intensity to try to knock this out sooner rather than later. Gotcha. Yeah, and they have about four grand in their savings account. Um, should we drain that down to the one, the one K that you guys you yes. know, talk about baby set dump number one, put that towards the 65 K and then look to invest in that later. Yep. Today. So now they're down to 62. Show them that. And Adam, I would start the conversation with you guys have this end goal of retiring sooner rather than later. You're going to mm-hmm. have to change the way you live to do this safely and smartly. Gotcha. That's yeah, how I, mean, it I, just, I see it affecting their their daily life and it will and stuff like that as well too, and tension on their their you know their marriage as yep. well. And so I just want to see them financially free and get back to the hey, happy, go lucky themselves they are. You know, you can't want this more than they do. Correct. You want them to have the freedom you're feeling as you walk through this stuff, and you want them to have the optimism that you have walking through this stuff, and they have to want it. You can't force it on them. You can't make them do it. You can show them reality, which is you've got a math problem here, and y'all are going to have to change your lives a little bit if you want. And here's what retirement's going to look like, by the way. Here is your budget. So when my mom was talking about, hey, I'm thinking about starting to have a conversation about retirement, the first question I asked was, can y'all afford to do that? Because you want to retire all you want. That's a math problem first. And then an identity and what am I going to do next problem second. So when someone's like, I'm thinking about retiring, first question is, can you even, is that even a possibility for you? And some people think they just magically can retire when they get to 62 or 65, and math says otherwise, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Adam, you're you a good man. Um, hang on the line. Let's, uh, let's gift them with uh, a year of Financial Peace University. Let's get them going. And uh, John, that's great advice. Tell them to watch the videos together. Yeah, I was going to say, how does he how does he approach that? He's going to gift them with us. It's our gift to him to give to his parents. What's the great way to kind of posture that? I'm coming over to watch this with you. Oh, okay, good. I'll come watch it with you. Great. And here's what I'm doing in my house, and it's making a huge difference. You've invited me into this conversation, um, and so I'm just going to show it to you. I'm, I'm going to give you a ringside seat to it, and I'll do it with you. Yeah, I love it. Great, great, great. Thanks for the call, Adam. You're good, good son. Dennis is up in El Paso, Texas. Dennis, how can we help? Hey, guys. Uh, so I am struggling with something that my wife and I have been going back and forth on for probably about a year or maybe even longer. Um, 
So we, we became completely debt-free uh, March of last year, and we live in a, a, a small home, you know, that we didn't, didn't plan on staying in permanently. Uh, we thought it would be, you know, a few months out of the year. And so the, the question is, we, we'd like to upgrade and go to a little bit larger home uh, with the thought of we have a rental property right now uh, and would also rent the one that we live in currently. Um, I'm wondering what you all would do in my position where uh, would you take out a mortgage on a new home that you'd go live in uh, and collect more rental um, because there would be two rentals instead of one uh, property, or would you save up for, let's say, six years because currently that's our plan, but we keep getting tempted uh, when we look at homes, it's like, ooh, we start imagining getting excited, and it's like, oh, we can actually probably make this work. And um, we always say, what would Dave Ramsey say? And so finally making this phone call uh, and really appreciate y'all taking the, the question. Yeah, we only have about a minute. I think this is pretty straightforward. Do you want to own two rental homes, or do you want to own that next home completely debt-free from the get-go? What do you want? I'd like to have the rental and pay off that other home as soon as possible. Well, I didn't ask you that. Yeah. I asked you, and so I think Mm. you wait six years. If it's going to take you six years to save up to pay cash for the upgrade, then that's the deal. I wouldn't hold two liabilities and pay the the mortgage company or pay the bank, give them a gift every month of my interest. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. You've done the hard work. You're debt-free. Right. or sell the sell the rentals and go buy a house with cash. But that's why I asked the question that way, Dennis. What's more important? If it the upgrade cash house is more important, then I'm selling one of the rentals instantly or to get there. Or selling yeah, both. That's exactly right. But if I want to own two cash rentals, if that's more important, then it means I'm gonna save up and wait longer to buy the upgrade. Right. You get to decide, but don't go into debt. You've already become debt free. Don't go back. You don't need to. Decide what you want to do, Dennis. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. Dr. John Deloney is my colleague, and he joins me this hour. The phone number is 888-825-5225. If you want to jump in, 888-825-5225. So, John, this is fun. Uh, Every once in a while, we will take a question uh, from the lobby. And uh, today, we've got a returning friend. Uh, She and her family were here yesterday doing their debt-free scream, and she joins us again in the lobby today. But this time, a work-related question. It's Angelica. Did I say that correct? Yes. All right. Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you, Ken. Now, before we get to your question, this is kind of rare. You were on that stage yesterday with your family doing your debt-free scream. Now you're back a day later. How does it feel this time? I still, I think it's double nervous <laughs> to Don't. be honest. My husband's not here next to me. Yeah. But you know what? You got me and John, not Dave. So you're like, Dave, Dave's scary, isn't he? I don't know. 
I think he was pretty, you know, yeah, pretty no, nice. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> we just got to give him a hard time. He's the best. No, he, he's great. All right, so you've got a work-related question yes. for John and I. What's up? Okay, I have been living in a country for over nine years, mm-hmm. and my work background is in supply chain. Okay. So in the past 10 months, I started uh, reevaluating my work situation. I have been working as a paralegal, but now I want to go back to my supply chain uh, field. That's my dream job. Mm-hmm. It's have always been. And I started to get requalified to stand out a little bit, but I still have found a lot of struggle to um, to even find entry-level jobs positions. Um, I have been recruiter and some interviews in person over the phone or Zoom, and still have a really hard time. People still like give me a hard time for the gap that have been working my field and be doing something totally different between the all those years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my my really concern. I don't know how what else can I do to stand sure. out. Okay, so just to make sure I understand, you are getting real feedback that you've had a did you say a nine year gap yes. between when you've been in supply chain? Yes. And yet you've also gotten some recent qualifications and yes. some certifications that yes. make you current. Exactly. Okay. Uh, how many interviews have you been on where you've had at least a face to face, whether it would be Zoom or in person, where they've given you that feedback that the gap uh, is too much. Okay, and um, the the gap they took a couple interview uh, over the phone. Uh-huh. Others was more in person and over the Zoom, and yeah. they they still like to say like, why you you know like, so long this time here, uh-huh. and say I I was I feel so wa- they are wasting my time as well because they instead okay if you if let give me opportunity to be in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't let me stand up and, and show that sure. I have the skills and mindset to sure. move forward and but still yeah. don't even give me a feedback to say, okay, what's what's sure. not working here? Gotcha. So. How many of those interviews that you've gotten have have you had a personal connection maybe where they knew you through somebody else or they knew you directly? Have any of those been the case? Zero. All right, that's our new strategy. All right, so first of all, you're not done anything wrong, okay? Secondly, I wouldn't take... Uh, too much from that feedback, okay? Because here's the reality. Whether you've been out 19 years or nine years, okay, and you're a supply chain expert, you know what that work involves. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is you didn't forget how to do it in that nine years time, all right? Uh, I would also guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, a successful person in supply chain and logistics, uh, you're using a lot of those same skills and experience as a paralegal, I would guess. Yes. Details. Details are very orientating. Okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. I, I just would not be discouraged, and I know it's discouraging, but I don't think it's personal. I think you're getting a lot of corporate speak. They didn't select you for whatever reason. And so what you've got to do is go, to, in order to get back in, I've got to change my strategy. And I wrote an entire book on this. I'm going to give it to you after the question. We'll come out on the break and give it to you. It's called The Proximity Principle, and here's what it says. In order to do what I want to do, supply chain work, I've got to start hanging around, being around people that are in that business, that type of work. And I got to get in places where that kind of work is happening, right? So maybe that's uh, groups and forums and things like that online where people are supply chain leaders and they're looking for talent and there's all these best practices going on. There's a community for everything. Would you agree with that? Yes. There's a community for everything. Find it. Secondly, we start looking at companies in your area. Where are you from? Handsome, Massachusetts. Okay, great. Yeah. So we start going, okay, where are the supply chain companies and jobs? Where are those at? All right, now, so I start looking at targets, maybe even places that you've applied to, but you haven't gotten hired. 
This time, we're looking for that one-to-one connection or one, two, or three connections, meaning if I don't know someone, if I don't know John who works over at Company ABC where John could take my resume and not just take my resume but say, I've known Ken for X amount of time. He was out for nine years. Here's why. He's back in. He's a really great guy. I think he's somebody we really need to look at. Do you see how that's a whole different mm-hmm. ballgame? Yes. It's, it's relational credibility. And to get back in, that's what we need here so that there's a perception of you before you ever step into the interview, that you're somebody that has credibility through relationship, and now all of a sudden, you got the upper hand. Does that make sense? It does. That's what we've got to do right now. You can get back in, um, but you're up to date on all your certifications. You're up to date on everything. So this is relationship. So who do I know that works over here, or who do I know that knows somebody? So you're shaking the tree, all right? When I was a little kid, we used to go to a farm in Michigan where my grandfather lived, and he had an apple tree, and he'd go, all right, boys, go get the apples. Mm-hmm. And we were just tall enough to grab the lower branches, and he'd say, just shake. This is the idea. We're shaking the apple tree to get as many opportunities through relationships that are connected to the jobs we want. Okay? John? Oh, you look defeated. <laughs> sure. Why, why are you defeated? I, I feel un. Like, it's really hard for me to prove that I'm worth it. You know, some <laughs> I listen to your show as well. Like, it's hard because I I said a lot in Brazil. Yeah. I have a lot of work background, like um, qualification got here, and I started to odd jobs just to survive and right. have my family get out of that. And now I really want to go back to my yeah. field, and I feel like, my time is kicking and I'm waste so much time just it's, it's hard it's hard yeah. um, so one of my most important mentors is a guy named Gustavo okay and Gustavo came to the United States he married a missionary came to the United States and had 200 bucks in his pocket in an old Ford pickup and he was an engineer in um, a South American country and the US wouldn't recognize his engineering degree and he had to feed his family. So he ended up sweeping the floor at a cotton gin in West Texas. Okay. And he got so fed up, he started um, changing people's oil in their driveway. He was a lovely guy. And I met you, and you're a lovely human being. You just exude joy, yes, right? You're yes. somebody I want to hang out with, right? And he turned that mobile oil change business into a juggernaut. Yeah. And he he was a time machine for me and my family. You know what he gave me? Time with my son that I couldn't buy. Here's why I tell you that. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people may not give you another chance. Or you're going to have to, like Ken says, it's going to be six months of shaking that tree before an yeah. apple finally falls. You are too brilliant. Yep. And too, too, you, if you are so effusive in your joy. It just comes across in who you are. Um, I would love to see you not outsource your worth to somebody some some hr representative at some nameless company i'd rather you look in the mirror and say i will provide value regardless of whether they find it or they find it or they find it because eventually it's going to circle back because that's who you are mm-hmm. right you're in you don't be beat up and yeah. i know that sounds dumb but don't uh, let me say this you got beat up don't be defeated does that make yes. sense yes. yeah and so whether you got to start coming up with the arts and crafts thing, like I want to get back to the supply chain logistics, well, cool, then I'm just going to build my own freaking company. <laughs> or, right. hey, let me add something. What if you go get an administrative position? That, that's, get in the way, door. But that's way beneath you. Get in the door. But you're inside the company of a, that, that has the supply chain jobs, and now all of a sudden they know you. Here's the only reason you haven't gotten hired. 
the people that were interviewing you didn't dig deep enough they didn't maybe they saw somebody else maybe it was easier has nothing to do with you it's all about them they're boneheads let me put this out to the audience if you're anywhere near the boston massachusetts area and you work at a supply chain company will you call ramsey care you're not doing a bang-up job as it is logistics people yeah we've got a great we've got the solution right, right here. here i'll write the recommendation letter what's wrong with you people hey you got this your time will come but you got to keep at it keep on keeping on you hear me you're amazing. It's going to work out. This is the Ramsey Show. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show, America. I'm Kid Coleman. He's Dr. John Deloney. We're thrilled to be with you. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. Uh, 888-825-5225. Thank you, John. He, John's reminding me of something. I was getting there, I promise. <laughs> I'll, fin- I'll finish the number, though. 888-825-5225. Our scripture of the day, show yourself in all respects to be model of good works and in your teaching, show integrity dignity that's titus 2 7 and our quote of the day from george foreman the fighter who gives their all will be around next year don't save anything give it all you got begs the question john uh have you ever cooked on a george foreman grill absolutely so i stacy made me get rid of it what i loved it our first two years of marriage lived on the foreman grill dude that thing was amazing how quick it was got all the grease out when you're cooking burgers and stuff yeah Yeah, she thought it was kind of like really and i was like (laughs) i I, I think it's fantastic it's one of the great office episodes of all time too (laughs) (laughs) when he steps on the grill so true legend oh it's so good bernie is up next in san francisco california bernie how can we help hey fellas uh to talk to you good to talk to you how can yeah. we help yeah so long story short uh, i'm on baby step five here and i'm just really unenthusiastic about it like what makes you unenthusiastic one, about it for the future. it's just like i guess i just having kids do, do i have to do you think everyone should do that or at least stay for it it just seems like a lot of lacking peace do you i'm sorry money. do you have kids oh i don't oh are you asking us if if you should have kids Oh, I'm asking if I should do step five. Uh, right now, I'm 23. And Since you don't yeah. have... Okay, that's what I was wondering. So, oh, <laughs> yes, kids will take all your money, and they're loud, and they pee everywhere. Oh, isn't that the truth? And they're yeah, incredible. It seems like the, the return on investment is not great. They're not an investment, brother. But, but yeah. hey, you're 23, and the fact that you're asking that question says don't have kids anytime soon. Yeah. You're good. Sure. I mean, is, is that, John's. I think John's nailed it. You're not thinking about kids anytime soon. Is that right, Bernie? Dude, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't save for college for kids that you may or may not have. Yeah. You're not there yet. Yeah. Keep on trucking. Do you own a home? Uh, that was the other thing. So instead, should I start saving for a down payment on a home? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of far off, too. 100%. Absolutely. Now, that that for sure, yes. Okay. Yeah. C- congratulations. I mean, what else would you be doing? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. That's you're not going to put it in a coffee can and bury it in your backyard. Hey, you're not uninspired with money. You're uninspired just with life. What are you doing? Uh, let me think. I work. I do a lot of volunteering stuff. Uh, actually, with students. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, that's do not what I'm asking. Stuff. You're miserable. Why? Yeah. Why are you choosing a life of misery, of uninspired, an uninspired life? Why are you choosing that? You know, I've never really thought of it that way. Uh, life is kind of peaceful right now. Actually. Yeah, I don't think he's miserable, John. Are you not? You feel good, Bernie? Well, yeah, feeling good. He volunteers. Sorry. You volunteer. You give back. You're disciplined with money. But I think John is onto something. I mean, I just don't think at 23 you've got a grand vision for your life yet. Is that fair? I think that's accurate. Like, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> I think <laughs> hey, that's. I yeah. asked myself that this morning, man. It's that's just the question. But, yeah. Um, what are you doing here? Uh, I don't know. Like, if I look at my my long term future, I really kind of just want to keep keep volunteering. Like, I really like working with those students. What warms your heart? Why do you keep volunteering with kids? What's what's driving that? Uh, yeah, I work with uh, high school age kids, so you know they're at a point where they're figuring out like, what do I do after high school? Do I go to college? Do I not? Like all that type of stuff. And so, um, seeing like success or at least peace brought into their life, and if I can contribute to that peace, it just makes me really happy. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's deeper than that. Because you're a guy that doesn't know what he wants to do with his life, so it's not like you're imparting tremendous wisdom to those <laughs> yeah, kids. What are you coaching them on? I, 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 I think it's something deeper there, Bernie, and I think even more beautiful. What is it about spending time with those kiddos that fires you up? Go deep. I don't know, man. They yeah, just, you do. You know. They funny things. Yeah, but make me happy. And- like, take me back to a moment recently. Last time you volunteered that when you walked back to your car and got in the car and drove wherever you drove, you, you thought about that moment, that interaction. Can you think of one of those? Yeah. Give me get, Describe it to John and I. Um, yes, I just had a kid. Uh, had, his father, or her father passed away, and so we all went to the funeral, and just um, I just remember like how, how seeing how hard it was for them. But I guess just even just being there, I didn't have to say much. Uh, it was enough to, to just kind of give a hug and, and be present for others. Yeah, it's it's the single greatest gift you can give somebody, which is your presence, right? Your time. It's incredible. Who who did that for you? Somebody modeled this uh, for you. When I was in high school, a lot of the – it's through church just for context. Okay. So a lot of those same mentors would uh, come out from me in that kind of way. Can I tell you that I think a part of your grand vision, and I don't want to mm-hmm. put any pressure on this statement, this is just me hearing what I heard. And John, tell me if I'm sure. not hearing what, because John's very insightful on this. I hear a guy who you need to, whether it's volunteer or ministry time, a huge portion of your future life is in a role where you are just there for people. I'm keeping that broad on purpose because I don't want to, in the emotion yeah, of the moment. where you're a chaplain or a therapist or something, like you show up. It could be very broad. Right. But I think your professional future is in that area i think you have a huge heart for people and i'm going to take a guess that you're really good with people is that true or false tell me where i'm off uh yeah no i I think everything you said is accurate um in my day-to-day work it's in software so i really don't help anyone or the world if you will so yeah well okay now hold on yes you do yes you do because the software that you are involved in has a positive effect on people somewhere somehow true or false that's true all right so don't say that again but I will say, I will say this as a challenge. Sure. I think you've got to be in the people 
workspace. I think working with people is your jam. It does. I think I think that's important because I think your soul will slowly slip out of you if you are not interacting with people. I'm going to say 75% of the day. I think you are good with people, and I think you want to work with people. I think it fires your soul up. So there's a broad, broad spectrum here. Coaching, teaching, instructing, counseling. I mean, dude, this could be healthcare. This could be mental health. This could be educational. It could be in it the business space. It could be sales. Space. You could go sell stuff, products that people that change people's lives, and you get to develop yeah. relationships. It could be all over the place, man. Yeah, sure. I, I just want you to dream in that aspect. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the Get Clear Career Assessment that uh, our team okay. developed. I'm going to give this to you because I want you to take it. I want you to really focus in on what comes up on passion and mission. Passion is what you love to do, and mission is what motivates you. And I think we already know. I think, I think acts of service fire your soul up. And so I think, I think I've got a three-part question that will help you. And here I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Will you promise to do it? I'll do it, sir. All right. Here's the deal. I want you to answer these three questions as many times as it takes. Maybe use a pencil so you can erase and keep doing it. Who are the people I most want to help? The second question, what is the problem or desire that those people have? That's very important that you, you, you ask it that way. Sometimes it's problem-based with the people we want to help, and sometimes it's desire-based, right? So if, I've talked to people before that want to be a hairdresser. Why? They want to make women feel beautiful. So that's a desire. You can sell shoes, design clothing. So what is the problem those people have? Because you've already thought of the people. Now the third question is, first question is, what is the problem I most want to solve? Uh, excuse me, who are the people I most want to help? What problem or desire do they have? And then the third question is, what are the solutions or what is the solution to that problem or desire that I most get excited about? Did you get those three? Yep, I wrote them down. It's all the same question. I'm just having you ask it from a different perspective. And I think the answers to that to those questions are going to steer you in a really good direction. John? And so... Your money is a reflection. Um, your money is a reflection of where you are and how you feel. So if your money's feeling uninspired, look in the mirror. Don't look at your dollars. Look in the mirror. And don't um, save money for kids yet, man. You're not quite there For yet. sure. <laughs> you're not quite there yet. Guy called to ask about Baby Step 5, and we just broke his future down. <laughs> but he's a good dude. Great Anybody guy, that man. spends time with teenagers yep. gets my vote yep. for greatest person on the planet. I love it. They're tough. Good man. John Deloney, you're a good man. Thanks for hanging with me. And I want to thank James Kelly, the entire team in the booth, and you, America, for listening and watching. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. We just launched a brand new audience survey for The Ramsey Show, and we'd love your feedback. You could be entered to win a $500 Visa gift card. No purchase necessary. Take the survey at RamseySolutions.com slash survey. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like The Ken Coleman Show. Are you doing what you were born to do? I'm Ken Coleman, host of The Ken Coleman Show, where I give you practical advice to help you discover your purpose and then map out a plan to get you there. From accounting to advertising, from plumbing to production, you were created to fill a unique role, and the world needs what you have to offer. Join me on The Ken Coleman Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.